Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hey everybody, Ross here. Let's talk about a topic that never dies. That of pedal order. I am aware that there are players who work entirely without pedals. My bank account likely envies those folks who can work solely with a guitar, a cable, and an amplifier. I have noticed that these folks are often extremely talented with a guitar, a guitar they know well and that is set up perfectly for them. And they're plugged into a very special amplifier, where two-rock and magnetone appear prevalently. Good for them, but that's not me, and maybe it's not you either. For us, we have pedals. From one or two to a great many, pedals are a wonderful thing. As players start buying new pedals, at some point the question of order comes up, with order being something other than the order that you bought the pedals in. Let's be clear up front. The best pedal order is the order that sounds right to you. However, until you find it, here's some guidelines for consideration. The first and most important pedal is the tuner. While clip-on tuners are well and good, a board-style tuner is, in my mind, essential. There are lots to choose from. I like the Peterson tuners myself, and also have the TC Electronic Polytune Mini on some boards. What you care about is that the tuner is accurate, fast, and easy to see when you're standing. Keep it as simple as possible from a control perspective, but no simpler. The tuner can also be a mute when in line, and that can be handy when switching guitars or between songs. I use a different structure, but I'll come to that a little bit later on. Our first pedal is determined by whether or not you are a fuzz person. You want the fuzz to generally be the first pedal in your chain, and that means even before your tuner, because most tuners are buffered, and early design style pedals of the fuzz type, don't like to come after a buffer. If you're buying into a fuzz face or something of that genre, it needs to be first, or you're going to hate the sound. Next up might be your boost pedal. Might. A boost pedal boosts your signal. If you put it at this point in the chain, it can increase the openness of your tone at unity gain, and if turned up, it pushes a higher signal level into what follows. So you might get more distortion out of distortion pedals and the like if they're down the line from the boost. If the boost comes after the overdrives and distortions, it serves as a make louder pedal, or even just a tone opener after those pedals if you keep it at unity gain. These are your choices, but really two possible places for the boosts. There are hundreds of different boosts in the market, and finding one, or two, or more, that you prefer can take some time. Personally, I look for clean boosts that don't change the tone at all. There are boosts that add some drive, and do change the tone. Absolutely your choice. There is no perfect answer for everyone. The second most popular selling pedal is, no surprise, the overdrive, and certainly you have thousands of overdrives to 
choose from, with more coming every single week. Players who have really serious gas end up with a box of overdrives on the basis that each one sounds different, and none of them are worth selling. If you have multiple overdrives, consider putting them on the board in order of increasing drive or compression distortion. Speaking of distortion, that's what gets loaded next. A distortion pedal will clip more than an overdrive, and players who like the concept of gain staging, and you will, tend to prefer overdrive into distortion rather than the other way around. Now remember, you put them in the order that you prefer, but this is a really good place to start. I'm a big fan of compressors. I tend not to use them when there's fuzz or distortion running, because both of those pedals already add compression. I don't want it too squishy, and I don't want to lose my high end completely. I may want to use the compressor to do its job after an overdrive, and I definitely like to use them on clean tones, so this later position works best for me. But I don't like squishy compressors. I prefer compressors that behave more like classic studio compressors, like the UA1176 family or the Teletronics tube-based family. And yes, you can get solid-state or tube-based compressors. Next up come our modulation pedals. There's a lot of conversation that goes into this. I like the following order in general, but I'll change it up depending on the pedals that I use. I'll start with pitch shifters and rotaries, then phasers, or flangers at this point. I tend not to mix phasers and flangers together, but that's just me. You might. And I would prefer to use the flanger after the phaser. Then comes probably my favorite type of effects pedal, and that's the delay. It's one of those effects that I'm so fond of, and consequently more than one invariably shows up in my signal chain. Delay order is hard to pick without actually trying the pedals. However, I'm a big fan of drum delays and tape delays, and I prefer them over analog or digital delays. So my order tends to be tape delay, then drum delay. The last pedal in your effects chain should be your reverb pedal. A lot of folks just use the reverb in their amp. For me, this is okay if the amp reverb is a real spring but I'm not a big fan of in-amp digital reverbs. I do find that some reverb pedals are, to my ear at least, far superior. My favorite reverb pedal right now is the UA Golden Reverberator. It's a digital pedal, and it has an implementation of an EMT-140 plate reverb that is my absolute favorite reverb in general. I also like, and have paid for, the different Strymon reverbs, the Blue Sky, the Big Sky, and the Night Sky, they're all amazing. But I will warn you that the latter two take a bit of time to learn to leverage well, whereas if you're in a bit of a hurry and you just want great reverb, the Blue Sky is very quick to learn to use and it works terrifically. Now, of course, if you're trying to control the amount of physical floor space used by your pedals, you might use some combos. You might have combo overdrives, like, oh, the DNM drive from Keeley, one that I happen to like a lot. You might have a delay reverb combo. 
like the Keeley Caverns or the Excellent Source Audio Collider. You're going to find sometimes a combo pedal works really well. However, if you find that the effects in the combo are pretty dramatically separated in your pedal chain order, you might find that you're using one side or the other and not both, and that may not be a good value. I've learned the hard way that low-cost cables result in poor quality sound. My preference for between pedals is to use the Ernie Ball flat ribbon cables. The connectors are super solid and they don't take up a lot of space on your board. The kits include different lengths of cable, so stringing them is simple without having to cut and end all your cables yourself. To go from the guitar to the first pedal and from the last pedal to the amp, I always recommend and personally choose high quality cables because I can hear the difference. The Ernie Ball cables are good, although my present favorite are the thicker 8mm stage cables from Pig Hog. I think you can use any cable that you want as long as it's a good quality cable, doesn't crackle when picked up, stepped on, or rolled over, and doesn't cut away any tone over its length. Now, do recognize that the longer the cable, the more capacitance is going to be in that, and as a consequence, you're going to get some top-end roll-off. I admit I left out wah pedals in this episode, because where the wah goes has a lot of impact on the sound, and cheaper wahs really suck tone. My favorite wah that I've bought, and I've tried a lot of them, is the Exotic, because it doesn't suck tone, it fits in very nicely no matter where you put it in the chain, and I just like the sound best. Now, if you use a looper, and I've recommended loopers to in the past, put it where you want the loop to be able to record, and anything that you know you're not going to record, put that after the looper in your chain. For me, my loopers go last, because I may want to record any of the pedals in use on a loop. Typically, I'm using a looper to make a backing track, or layer up a backing track to play against. In that case, I may want to use any of the pedals that I have on my board. I often use a volume pedal first, because I have better swell skills when leveraging my foot, rather than trying to swell on the guitar volume control. I play a lot of different guitars, and I find that their volume controls ramp very differently. The foot-based volume pedal is very consistent. The key in the volume pedal is that it's really well built, is dead quiet, and doesn't steal tone from you. I've found some volume pedals that literally shear the top end right off the signal. I can tell you that I've spent money on a number of volume pedals, and right now, if you were to say, hey, Ross, what would you recommend? I find that the Dunlop X8s or the exotic volume pedals are excellent choices, because both of these pedals do one thing that I really like and always look for in a volume pedal, and that's a tap for the tuner. I can plug the tuner directly into the volume pedal, and this takes the tuner out of the signal chain entirely. This allows me to keep the tuner to always be on, and its buffer is not introducing any change to my signal. For me, that's super useful. That's all for this episode, neighbors. I hope you found some value in it. Leave a comment or email a question via links on the page. Speak to you soon, and until next time, peace.